1: Show on the fan 680 and 937 streaming at 680thefan.com. Listen on the fan app or the smart speaker brought to you by South Point Financial Services. A big Friday lined up for you on the show. Hopefully, your Friday's off to a great start on a chilly day in Atlanta. Temps won't get over 35 today, Nernie. Uh, Sean Nerney, our engineer in the house, and Adam Gillespie producing the show today. Jordan D. Armand's going to be. You're going to hear her voice a little later in the show. So the gang's all here, and we are ready to work. Bucks Big Take. Stetson Bennett is running it back. And my goodness, this news has got it stirred up on social media. The Buck Ballou show poll shows Stetson has a 90% approval rating. That's right, 90%. Nine out of ten Georgia fans are thrilled that Stetson Bennett, the mailman, is running it back. Now, about that other 10%. it's a lot of noise out there, upsetting a lot of people, upsetting the 90%. And look, yes, before I move on, I was one of the ones doubting Stetson Bennett earlier in the season. It's true. I was one of the fans saying, play JT, let's throw it. But somewhere along the way, Stetson Bennett won me over. And he did it with his performance level. He stepped up big in the playoffs, took down Michigan and Alabama, and obviously looked good doing it. So who cares about the 10%? Shouldn't pay any attention to noise. Don't be upset with the criticism of him coming back, because it makes no sense. Plus, you've heard me say it before on this show, and it applies to playing quarterback, too. You can't please all the people any of the time. And there's your big take today. Now, we've got a developing story coming out of Ole Miss. uh, Reports Lane Kiffin met with JT Daniels and Jermaine Burton yesterday in Athens. You can check out Kiffin's Twitter account, and you'll see a photograph, a picture of the Athens Airport Terminal. Kiffin's the best at this, by the way. He is absolutely one of the best in college football, one of the best in sports, of uh, manipulating these uh, media opportunities on social media. Word on the street. Kiffin is going after J.T. Daniels and Jermaine Burton because they're a package deal. And that first report came down overnight. I saw it out of uh, John Sokoloff, a sports director at WCBI out in uh, Mississippi. Ole Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin looking to replace his quarterback, Matt Corral, who is moving on to the National Football League. And you look at Ole Miss, their go-to wide receiver, Dontario Drummond, caught 76 balls, over 1,000 yards, and eight touchdowns last season. And he's moving on. He's a senior. So he's, he's moving on. Kiffin, if you saw Ole Miss play in the bowl game, they had to play a freshman quarterback after Matt Corral went down injured early in the game. Luke Altmyer. What is his name? And, boy, he didn't look ready to play at a high level at all in the bowl game. And I know it caught the young man off guard. Son, get loose. You hadn't played all year. Get on in there and help us win the bowl game and beat Baylor. It did not go well. So, apparently, he is not ready to play at a high level quite yet. So, there is the interest in JT Daniels at Ole Miss. Kiffin can bring him in, plug and play at quarterback, And also get his go-to wide receiver if indeed this is a package deal. You know, a lot of the talk yesterday when Burton's news came down that he was transferring out of Georgia went specifically to Alabama. who's trying to replace their two top receivers coming into the 2022 season. But if they're a package deal, this thing in Oxford may be working out for JT Daniels and Jermaine Burton. Kiffin would simply plug and play. And let me ask, why else would Kiffin be in Athens? Any big-time five-star recruits playing at Clark Central this year? I don't think. And, look, I'm just going to end this uh, before we take some calls. 404-231-1680, the number if you want to get in. The message to the Georgia Bulldog fans from me would be this. Don't get upset at this. There's no reason to be upset. This is the new world in college football, so you better transition quickly. This is where we are at in 2022 in college football. Uh, You got a chance to transfer once, Uh, no questions asked. That transfer portal is loaded up right now with players looking for another opportunity. Georgia does not play Ole Miss in 2022, I would not imagine, There's a chance that you're going to see Ole Miss in the SEC title game. Alabama's returning like 20 of 22 starters on their side of the ball. So I wouldn't think Ole Miss is going to break through Alabama in the West. I mean, stranger things have happened. So as a Georgia fan, there's there's no really real uh, reason to be upset with any of this. It's the way it's going right now. It's the new world in college football. Transfer? Hey, kid, I know you got your natty now. You're going to get that ring. You've accomplished that. Now let's go take care of me. Put myself in a position to be drafted high in the NFL draft and cash in with big money and a career in the National Football League. And I believe that's what Jermaine Burton's thinking. JT Daniels, I would imagine, is thinking, I just want to play football. You know, I don't want to watch anymore. I want to be on the field. And with Stetson coming back in Athens – well, the chances were J.T. Daniels was not getting on the field between the hedges. So this is uh, interesting, uh, really a developing story. I sort of uh, got up early this morning and was checking out the social media and saw this uh, Kiffin post and found it very interesting. So this is where we're at right now. 404-231-1680, the number. We'll take some calls today on the show. Uh, James joins us on the fan Buck Baloo show. Hello. All right. We're still waiting on up. There goes James. Jordan. what, What are your thoughts on this?
2: Uh, I mean, it's like you said, it's the new age of college football. I mean, you can't expect players to stay, but you know, when it comes to Lane Kiffin, he knows the type of guys he wants to go after. I mean, Matt Corral, he's a, he's a Cali quarterback. Um, JT, he's obviously a Cali quarterback and guess who else is from Cali? Jermaine Burton. So
1: package deal.
2: Yeah. Package deal. West coast guys.
1: Yeah, man. So, uh, this is going through the bulldog nation big time today, man. Well, this is where people stir it up on this. This is what I heard the rumor is out of Athens is that those two really got another tight bond when they went back out to California when JT kind of held that uh, clinic
0: for him and the
1: other wide receivers on the team that they really formed a bond and that's why they want to be together at the next stage or next year when they go to play wherever that is. Yeah, and that makes sense, right? Because when JT was the quarterback, remember (laughs) the first start JT got against Mississippi State, Jermaine Burton goes for it seemed like about 15 catches and 200 yards in the game.
2: And compared to when Stetson was in he was getting one to two catches at at the most so. yeah
1: you look in the last six games i believe he caught like 10 passes
2: and i know he was a little injured throughout the year but even coming back he lost that spot
1: ball wasn't coming his way
2: he had a freshman out, out playing him so
1: all right james joins us on the buck baloo show hello james what's on your mind today man
2: hey buck, good
3: morning go dogs uh i wanted to kind of ask a combined question about stetson brock and Caleb williams um so I think that, that even the most ardent Stetson defenders would, would still say, you know, if Caleb Williams is going to come in, he's got to be QB1, and rightfully so, right? This guy's a big-time prospect. Uh, but, of course, two years ago, it was Caleb Williams who took Brock's spot at OU because Brock decommitted and ended up in Athens. And so uh, I think kind of the, the logic behind not playing, playing Brock last year, I get it, right? True freshman year, he's third on the depth chart. Um but then to, to kind of to not give him the reins this year, uh, and I'm not even saying like specifically as a starter, I'm just saying to kind of to have a package for him to come in, uh, you know, with the first game being against Oregon, I totally get wanting to have an experienced quarterback there. Um, so, so I'm big on Brock, and uh, I want to see if, if he gets a shot, but certainly understand that Stetson's the guy who helped this win at all. and so. Uh, We'll see how it plays out, but but do you you think there's any truth to that, that, you know, why wouldn't we let Brock get a spot if he was just as highly touted as Caleb Williams coming out of high school? Yeah,
1: Brock Vandegrift now, uh, you know, the little bit I got to see him a year ago, I saw him in the G-Day game and also went over and saw a scrimmage uh, prior to this season. And look, uh, Brock was, he was, uh, you know, your typical freshman quarterback. He was... Getting happy feet, moving out of the pocket when he didn't really need to, when there was no pressure. Uh, Typical for a freshman quarterback trying to make a a transition. Saw him trying to fit balls into tight windows, which leads to interceptions. Saw a little bit of that going on with Brock. Typical freshman transition going on with Brock Vandegrift. Excellent prospect. Uh, We don't know, uh, you know, if this is going to transition to the college level yet. He's going to get a great opportunity to get looks in spring football practice coming up here in a couple of months. So his, his situation is just getting started there. I don't believe they're looking at Brock Vandegrift right now as a guy that they're expecting to be the starting quarterback this coming season. Now, that said, Kirby has already shown, man, you come in here and compete, and we're going with the best guy. So whether it's Caleb Williams transferring in, whether it's Stetson Bennett returning after a national championship run, or whether it's Brock Vandegrift trying to earn his spot, or Gunnar Stockton, or any of these guys, Arch Manning, look, you come in and you show us that you're the best guy, you're going to win the job. So I know uh, Brandon Adams, uh, Dog Nation, uh, covering the Bulldogs uh, very well out there, and I think he was the one calling for the open competition Look, under Kirby Smart, it already is an open competition. So be the best man. Go out and prove it. You win the job, regardless of what your situation is.
2: I wish that would have happened the year that Justin Fields was there because I feel like it was sort of just handed off to Jake because of the season that we had previous to that. And I think maybe – Kirby's mindset has changed. I do hope it's an open competition. I love Stetson.
1: Yeah, and I believe, Jordan, in that situation, you had Jake Fromm outperforming Justin Fields during practice, and it was because Fromm already had a year in the system, and he was running the same system in high school. You had Justin Fields running a spread in high school and then trying to make the transition to a pocket passer in his freshman season. So I can only imagine... That Fromm was outperforming him during practice, and because of that, they named him the starter going into the season. Now, let's take another call, William. Welcome to the Buck Blue Show, buddy.
4: What's going on, Buck? Hey, welcome to the show, man. Uh, before I get to my point, Buck, I want to take you back to watching you play at Hugh Mill Stadium
1: in Albany, Georgia. That was years ago. <laughs> are we playing, Darty, uh Westover,
4: Monroe? i will in high school.
1: Yes, sir. Those were the good old days, brother.
4: Yeah, but look at him, Buck. I don't think it really matters about the uh, Burton or JT Daniels. Uh, we got eight receivers coming back. I think Mitchell and and uh, Arian Smith, is, they're better. We, I mean, just look at it. That shouldn't even matter. I'm not pleased with Stetson Bennett coming back. But at least we got somebody that been there before done that. But I'm thinking we're going to get a transfer in to start, to start.
1: Yeah, and I don't believe it's going to be Caleb Williams. I could be wrong, William. Thanks for checking in with us today and taking me back there. Caleb Williams can go to USC, play for Lincoln Riley, who he's already won over, and plug and play immediately. No competition at USC. You come to Georgia, open competition. He probably saw what happened to Jamie Newman and JT Daniels and said, yeah, I think uh, you know. So it looks like a great place. I think I'm going to go elsewhere. Just one man's opinion. All right, coming up next, what are the uh, Falcons doing today? I've got an educated guess. And uh, more on Kirby hanging out in New Orleans. It's the Buck Belue Show here on The Fan,
0: 680 and 93.7. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at Subaru of then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth.
5: This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch.
1: Another busy day on the Buck Belue Show here on the fans, 680 and 93.7. So glad you're with us. Hey, if you missed the show between 10 and 11, check out the Buck Belue Show podcast. Listen anywhere, anytime. Got a Buck Belue Show headline, and that's sponsored by Grease Monkey. Brian Harson's Auburn coaching staff going through some changes. Yesterday, I told you about defensive coordinator Derek Mason reportedly leaving for Oklahoma State to become the Cowboys' defensive coordinator. Today, reports are out there that ex-George Bulldog linebacker and Gators linebacker coach Christian Robinson is headed to Auburn to coach the linebackers. Harson, man, he's been busy. He's got to replace four assistants off his first coaching staff. Headlines brought to you by Grease Monkey. Oil changes and more. Done fast, done right Visit greasemonkeyauto.com for more uh, information, store locations, and special offers. Christian Robinson, man, did an outstanding job. His dad, a coach, too, I believe, Jordan. Really? Yeah, so he is. He's making his way around
2: the SEC right now.
1: Yeah, played at Georgia, coached at Florida, and now looks like he's going to coach at Auburn.
2: I'd be careful going to Auburn. Harson just fires people in the middle of the year.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's been some turnover over there on the plains after one year on the job. What are the Falcons doing today? All right, uh, so we've got some, some guesses for you. Here's some multiple choice question. Jordan, why don't you uh, join in on this, all right? What, are, what is the Falcons personnel staff, what are they doing today? Uh, is it one, crunching numbers? They've got some salary cap issues. Number two. Packing for a trip to Mobile, Alabama in the Senior Bowl. It's time to scout all of these draft-eligible players. Three, searching the world over for NFL-caliber offensive linemen and defensive linemen. Or is it four? They're taking the day off. They will get back to work next
2: week. It's probably four, but I'm hoping it's all of the above.
1: <laughs> Why would you say that?
2: <laughs> well, let's I, I hope. can we have one, two, and three?
1: Hey, I'll tell you where the Falcons have been here over the last couple of seasons. Can you afford to take any day off? No. I think they're crunching numbers. And as you look at the Falcons right now, I believe uh, my, my research staff here on the Buck Blue Show is telling me they've got $10.5 million of cap space. And the best I can tell, that's not enough to sign the upcoming draft class. So what are they going to do? Well, you could restructure Matt Ryan's contract again. You could restructure Deion Jones' contract. You could restructure Jake Matthews' contract and save $5.5 million if you did that. You could restructure Kyle Pitts or A.J. Terrell.
2: What about Calvin Ridley? Well, I'm
1: going to get to him in just a minute. He's he's on down the list for a second here. So if you restructured all or some of those names I just mentioned, Falcons could free up around $25 million. So they'd be able to sign the upcoming draft class and more, maybe get a free agent to come in. They could extend Matt Ryan. They could extend Grady Jarrett. They could trade Grady Jarrett. Lord, let's not do that. You could trade Calvin Ridley. for Reportedly get a a second or a first round pick. You could trade Deion Jones after June 1st. Got to throw that in there. They've got to free up some cap space. And um, uh, Terry Fontenot took over the job and he knew that they were in cap hell when he took the job. And so they continue to try to work their way out of it. And there are some of the ways they can do it. Most of us are just, well, we're, we're focused on the NFL draft. All right, who are they going to draft? Who are they going to take in the first round? You know, I was looking at the Falcoholic mock draft they put up yesterday. And they had the Falcons trading out of the eighth slot of the first round, trading back to number 11, trading with uh, the team in Washington, who still doesn't have a nickname. Imagine that they would get Washington's second-round pick. And the Falcoholic had the Falcons taken Kenyon Green, an offensive guard out of Texas A&M. Nasty and athletic, 6'4", 338 pounds after a big breakfast. He could play offensive guard. He could play right tackle. Both of those are a tremendous need for the Falcons in 2022. You can't do what you did this past year.
2: It makes me worried, though, because we've had multiple first-round picks on that line that – have not panned out.
1: Yeah, you know, I was okay with that pick, really. Uh, they went on and, and made some picks in the second round. They had, Falcoholic had the Falcons taking Desmond Ritter, quarterback out of Cincinnati with a second-round pick. I don't like that. No. They took, uh, they had uh, Hassan Haskins, a running back out of Michigan, with a fourth-round pick. You know, I do like that. Got to get a legitimate running back You in have there.
2: to have a running back. You don't have one right now.
1: So what are the Falcons personnel staff, what are they doing today? Packing for the trip to Mobile? Searching the world over for offensive and defensive linemen? Taking the day off? Getting back to work next week? I think it's number one. Crunching numbers, trying to get the salary cap thing under control. That's what I think. Let's get to the NFL Top 5. Jordan, you ready? The
0: best in college football
1: and the NFL.
0: Five, five, four. Three, three, two, three, one. two, one, one. It's time for Buck Baloo's Top 5.
2: It's the best time of the year right now with, you know.
1: It's my favorite weekend in the NFL, the divisional playoff round.
2: And there are some really good games this weekend. So tomorrow you got Bengals-Titans, Packers-49ers. Sunday you've got Rams-Bucks, Bills-Chiefs. Who do you think is going to be a breakout player this weekend for any one of those teams?
1: Uh, look, I, I think it uh, has a chance to be Chiefs running back, Jarek McKinnon.
2: He's from Georgia, right?
1: Georgia Southern product. Played for the Eagles down in Statesboro, the borough. And look what he did last week. He got 18 touches last week in the Chiefs playoff win. He 122 yards and a touchdown against the Steelers. Now we got Edwards Hilaire the still banged up. McKinnon looks good, man. He looks real good. And I know the Georgia Southern people are excited about it.
2: It's always good to have a local guy, you know, out there. I know Chris Carson, too. Makes it fun to follow. Absolutely. So that's going to be a big game. I mean, the the Chiefs need that run game to make sure that. There's no doubt. So, obviously, one of my favorite players that I've sort of bandwagoned onto this team is the Bengals. Obviously, Joey Burrow. Oh, Joe Burrow. Looking real good in the playoffs. They got, the Bengals got their first playoff win in 31 years. What do you expect from Joe tomorrow against the Titans?
1: This could go either way. Either way, because you look at the Titans, their pass defense and cornerback play is not up to par. It's rated really low. So there's an area where he can really take advantage of the Titans. Unfortunately, the Bengals have issues in the interior offensive line, pass protecting. And you look at what the Titans have. They've got Jeffrey Simmons on the other He's side. He's a beast. Uh, Autry, I believe, is the other guy that is creating some havoc. Landry coming off the edge. They don't blitz a lot. They're depending on these guys to get pressure, and they do it with stunts. They have the creepers concept they use where they rush a second-level play, player at the snap of the ball and have one of the, the defensive linemen drop back in coverage. So this could go either way. Burrow could pick him apart, and if they don't protect him, Joe Burrow could get beat up a little bit in this one.
2: I'm going Bengals win. Two touchdowns. They've allowed they've allowed
1: 55 sacks this year. Wow, third in the league.
2: Well, and they could have had, you know, an offensive lineman in last year's draft, but they went with Jamar Chase. But I think that that was the right move. I'm
1: yeah, just, Chase you know, has been unbelievable, man. It's been
2: great. another one of those games that we were talking about uh you know matthew stafford with the rams taking on tom brady and the bucks obviously it's going to be tough to to beat the goat but what is one advantage that the rams may have to be able to put him on top
1: i'm going to go with fresh legs and i'm talking specifically about cam Akers, the running back got the ball some last weekend and was running tough, man. I mean, all these other guys are fatigued. They're banged up. They're beat up of a 17-game season. And you got Akers who got injured earlier in the year.
2: Achilles, right?
1: He looked like a different guy out there. I mean, he's yeah. he's fully charged. He's got the batteries fully charged. And everybody else is running on fumes. Yeah, I think it's fresh legs with Cam Akers. If there's an advantage for L.A. running the football like they did last week to help Stafford, Fresh legs with Cam Akers, and did you see him knock that safety out? Wow!
2: Ooh, yeah, that was uh, that was a big hit, and yeah. I, and Sony Michelle too. That uh, you know has been right. running the ball well for the Rams. Yeah, Sony's so been good. That's going to be a big part of the Rams coming out on top of the Bucks. So, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be playing. The 49ers, and let's just say the 49ers have not been good to him in the playoffs. He has never beaten the 49ers, so how is he going to do it tomorrow
1: night? 0-3, I believe. Lost in 2012, 13, and 19. I believe all he has to do is show off the three A's. Awareness, which I think he's the best in football, even better than Brady. Anticipating where the ball's going to go and how to get the ball in there. A Rod's tremendous with his awareness. So that's the first A. The second A is accuracy. And Aaron Rodgers does a great job. You'll see him, he'll release the football before the wide receiver is coming out of his cut. And that ball, you better get your head around in a hurry as a wide receiver, or you're going to get hit in the head. So the accuracy is the second A. The third A is the arm. He's got the big arm. He can fit it into tight spots. Throws it with touch. Awareness, accuracy, and arm. The three A's for Aaron Rodgers. If they're going to get it done, you'll see those on display on Saturday night.
2: Maybe the Cheeseheads can do it. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see it, man. Four, uh, four really interesting games. There's your top five today. Bucs Top 5 on 680 The Fan, Atlanta's Sports Station. All right, there we go. There we go. We got the Bulldog Roundtable coming up in a moment. Did you see the latest with Kirby, Coach Kirby Smart. He was in New Orleans with a lot of his coaching staff, and they were checking out Arch Manning, the, uh, the, the Manning, Archie Manning's grandson, Cooper's son, playing high school basketball down in New Orleans. And Kirby had Coach Monken with him, had Coach Matt Luke with him, Coach Buster Faulkner with him. And it looked like they were having a big time. They didn't get a seat. They must have shown up after the game already started. It's a small private school, and they had like three rows in the stands. So all those were taken. So Kirby and his coaching staff were there, and they were standing up – behind one of the goals which had to be a little bit distracting but I found that very interesting man Kirby chasing Arch Manning and he's one of a number of coaches that are going through there trying to get closer to the Manning family interesting stuff let's get to the Bulldog Roundtable
0: the FAN is proud to be the official sports talk station of the Dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25-20, 49-15-05. 20, get in there! Touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Law Group, Georgia Pack and Load, AAA, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ballgame. Georgia will win this ballgame. Only on the FAN, 680 and 93.7 FM.
1: Let's bring on Chip Towers covering the Bulldog program for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Chip joins us on the Hobson & Hobson Newsmaker line. And, Chip, the turnover with this transfer market has been dizzying. I can't keep up with it. Can you?
4: (laughs) Well, it's funny you should say that. Uh, I mean, I keep a notepad on my desk, uh, you know, which right now, let me look – has it at 7 transfers uh but you know i i, I can't 100% vouch for the validity there uh you know because it's it's a constant thing you know i mean this is the new world and uh yeah i was just talking a little while ago to a long time uh supporter of georgia you know and uh you know an, an older man you know who's but who's given you know a lot of money to georgia over the years and you know, it's very difficult for for them people like that to process what's going on. You know, it's a you know, the reason he's coming, he's always, why why is Jermaine Burton leave? I, I don't I don't understand. <laughs> you know, and it's but hey, yeah, you know, that's where we are right now. It's free agency in college football. And uh I, I don't know that it'll always be as intense as it's been these first couple of years, but you know, that's where we're at right now. And if a guy is not, you know, absolutely um satisfied with with his role or his place on the team or you know what have you um this is what you're going to be dealing with yeah
1: we'll, we'll talk about some of the guys leaving in a minute let's talk about the big news that came down yesterday Stetson Bennett dialing it back as the kids are saying right now chip i've got my the buck belue show did an independent poll And our research showed that 90 percent of the Bulldog Nation is excited about this news of Stetson coming back. And yet on social media seems to be a lot of attention being played to the other 10 percent that are offering up criticism, uh, hoping he would have moved on. Is this a clue, too, that Monken's coming back?
4: Well, you know, I don't know how it uh, relates to Monken necessarily. I believe that Munkin is coming back unless, you know, some other opportunities come his way, which is always the case. You know, I mean, he was a national championship offensive coordinator, and, you know, you you brought him up. I mean, listen, I I think that man did one heck of a job. I mean, never minding the Stetson Bennett angle. I mean, you know, Kirby Smart hired him, and, and basically the main thing he said was I want to score points. <laughs> you know, I want to, I mean, that's, you know, Munkin will tell you, I mean, that's his one ultimatum. And I don't think people realize how autonomous Todd Munkin is as Georgia's offensive coordinator. I mean, you're talking about a man in his mid-50s who's been a head coach at Southern Miss and who's been an offensive coordinator in the NFL. He's calling the shots over there. And, you know, he called some good shots, some really good ones in the fourth quarter of that national championship game, but just overall so I don't know that they're necessarily connected but listen I have learned this you know Twitter in particular but a lot of social media tends to be uh the vocal minority and there is a group of people who you know still call Stetson Bennett a midget and and think you you know you got to have the five-star huge arm to win but I think it's great news for Georgia I think it's a Uh, a heck of a leader and, you know, a guy, look, he just showed you you can win a national championship with him. So I I would think you'd give it a shot again. I mean, I think that's good news and uh, it certainly contributed JT Daniels transferring out uh, and maybe Jermaine Burton too, who knows, but uh, I I think it's good for Georgia's offense. It gives them a, a big building block for the 2022
1: season. I really like, and having been down this road, Chip, of being a part of a team that had to follow up a national championship team, and I was a captain on the 81 team and a part of the leadership committee coming back trying to repeat. So I think it's huge that Stetson Bennett's coming back. He'll be the offensive captain. You got Nolan Smith coming back. He'll be the defensive captain, I would imagine. Really strong leadership group is what Kirby needs here.
4: Yeah, that, I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You, you know, we don't listen, you know, Kirby talked about it a lot, but, you know, Georgia had 30 seniors on this last team, and, you know, he talked about the connection that that team had, and, you know, it's, that's where it starts with guys like that uh, that you can sort of build around, and the leadership in the locker room. I mean, coaches, are, they'll tell you what they do. You meet, um, you know, and, and you have directives and everything else. But it's inside that locker room where things really get done. And Stetson Bennett and Nolan Smith, you could not get, you know, more outspoken, vocal, um, lead-by-example kind of guys. You know, it's like, you know, come with me or be left behind. And that's the way those two guys operate. So I think it's a great start. Actually, Georgia's defense overall, because I think offense is – I mean, we know – it's largely coming back intact. Certainly there's some turnover there at receiver and, and running back. But uh, the rest of the team is coming back fairly intact. Defensively, I think they've done a pretty good job. You know, you talk about Nolan Smith, but, you know, you also talk about, you know, Chris Smith and Jalen Carter and Pikey Smith, a guy who I think, you know, Georgia missed more than most people even know. You know, Keeley Ringo, there's some pretty good pieces there, also to build around and this this is no surprise to the coaching staff they've anticipated you know all these uh, nfl declarations and stuff they have they've anticipated this for a long time so you know there's a lot of guys waiting in the ring wings that are pretty eager to get their shot right now and they're they're about to get it
1: did you rush out to the athens airport yesterday when you heard kiffin was in town
4: <laughs> you know i did see that we active I I, you know I follow Lane Kiffin because you know why wouldn't you (laughs) right and uh so I saw that in my Twitter feed and I it actually didn't occur to me at the time even though we knew about JT Daniels and Jermaine Burton's decision I was just I mean him and Kirby are friends now I mean you know I mean I don't think they're best buds or anything but they work together they know each other it's not uncommon for uh coaches to visit other programs and check out what they're doing in this realm and that realm so I was just thinking, oh, you know, it must be some kind of deal going on uh, over the Butts-Mirror building. But then, you know, you then I realized and sort of slapped my own head later is, uh, that he was supposedly meeting with JT Daniels and Jermaine Burton. And, look, I think most Georgia fans would be okay if that happened, if they went as a package deal to Ole Miss because you don't play Ole Miss or you wouldn't play them unless you met him in the SEC championship game or the playoffs. Uh <laughs> And, uh, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. But I was talking to somebody else about this earlier today, and while Lane Kiffin might like to have them as a pair, and certainly Jermaine going could be a great player no matter where he goes, but I don't know. You think about that system at Ole Miss, everybody thinks about them as a throw-it-around, and they do throw it around, but think about Matt Corral and just the physical uh, toll that the whole season took on him I mean, that dude was running for his life. I mean, and, and, you know, has run built in there. John Rice Plumley before him. You know, Kiffin's system calls for a pretty mobile physical quarterback. I don't know if that's the best situation for JT Daniels, but we'll see. Apparently there's something to it. What do you know
1: about Eric Gilbert? Uh, Saw him... Well, on Celebration Day last Saturday, looked like he was somebody caught him, a photograph with him, walking around with the team. What do you know about him being ready to come back?
4: Well, I can tell you unequivocally that he is enrolled at the University of Georgia. I mean, uh, you know, you're uh, anybody's able to get that information from the registrar's office, and I got that information. He's enrolled and in, in good academic mm-hmm. standing at the University of Georgia for spring semester. And, uh, you know, Kirby has not addressed. I think the last time he addressed it was late October, which, you know, may be a uh, mistake on my part or other, right, that we hadn't asked him more about it. But all indications are Eric Gilbert is going to play for Georgia in 2022. And, um, you know, that's a big deal. Now, the interesting thing to me is, you know, one of the main reasons he transferred to Georgia from LSU was the opportunity to play. Uh, wide receiver and specifically that X position that, that George Pickens plays and uh, right now A.D. Mitchell sort of has a stranglehold on um, but if you look at the way Georgia utilized Brock Bowers um, that's what they were talking about doing with Eric Gilbert so, um, so if Arik is, uh, is here uh, you add him in there with Brock Bowers and split him out wide sometimes put him inside at times um, I think that's an important piece for Georgia and, and we know if Todd Munkin still the offensive coordinator he knows what to do with guys with that kind of athletic versatility
1: what are you hearing about Darnell Washington
4: well you know I, I'm here in transfer portal for him, but uh, you know that that could be a possibility I don't know that I don't have connection with Darnell uh, you know so I'm not getting any direct information obviously I read um, everything there is to read about it and hear that the transfer board. And I, you know, I see his uh, Instagram feed. And at one point his message up there was something like, uh, uh, I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I mean, that's what he put on Instagram. So I assume that was him that put it on there. Um, But, you know, it sounds like generally that they have convinced him to stay. This is what you do. I mean, you know, Kirby taught you the national championship and being behind, in recruiting and everything, but you got to recruit your own players and convince them that their best option is to remain with you. You know, he's from Las Vegas, and I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of programs that out there that can say, hey, we don't have any other tight ends. You will be the only tight end. You will be on the field for every single snap. Uh, there's people who can make that promise. Georgia's not going to make that promise, but Georgia can also give you a ring right now and promise you that they're going to be good next year and him being helped a hundred percent healthy um, would, would certainly make a big difference for, for Georgia, but I don't know what he's going to do. Um, and look, Georgia's over right now. I mean, they're way over in scholarship. So I don't think we're done by any stretch of the imagination on uh, attrition or ingress, egress, or whatever you want to call it. There's roster movement will continue probably after spring practice before we know what the 2022 Bulldogs are going to look like.
1: Chip, awesome stuff. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, Chip Towers covering the Bulldogs like nobody's business on the with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Thanks, Chip. All right. See you, Buck. There he goes. Chip Towers tracking the latest transfer. Want to invite you to tune into the Business of Sports segment each week on The Fan. That's presented by our good friends at Southern Company. If it's impacting business in Atlanta and the local sports scene, we've got it covered. That's the business of sports presented by Southern Company, changing the future of energy in all the communities that they serve. We'll come back, wrap things up. Some exciting news. I'll have that for you next. Buck show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Hey, a heads
0: up. The golf shows at Fairway Social Sunday from 9 to 10. Join Brian K.
5: minimum balance required.
1: Patrick from Fairway Social in Alpharetta, the heart of Alpharetta, that entertainment venue. You're going to love it. That's coming up on Sunday. Bucks Beat, the podcast episode 47, drops this afternoon, Uh, hanging out with Adam Wainwright, the big George Bulldog fan and St. Louis Cardinals pitcher. Here's a little teaser ask him about what he thought about the Braves winning the World Series. What was it like seeing the Braves win it this
0: year? Well, for me, you know, I grew up a Braves fan, biggest Braves fan in the history of the world. And so,
4: if we weren't going to win it, I was I was happy they did. You know, I, I mean, I'm not I can't say I'm a Braves fan anymore. I play I have to play against them, you know. I start against them and and uh, I love beating them almost probably more than any other team. I love beating the Braves just because there's
1: so many of my friends down here that cheer relentlessly and, and religiously and, and just without any without any second thought they cheer for the Braves Adam Wainwright on Buck's Bead it drops today and uh, you can find that wherever it is you can get your podcast or go to thepodcastpark.com sponsored by Mickey Himes and the Get Mickey team at Keller Williams looking for a property at Lake Lanier or a home up 400 Mickey Himes is the man have a great weekend everybody Nick and Chris up next
0: Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth.